start in uh, one verse of Scripture here, Romans 1 and 8. Just one, one verse, and I'll let you be seated this morning. Romans 1 and 8. Paul, in his letter to the church at Rome, said, First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all. Thankful for everybody. That's how it ought to be in the church. You need to be thankful for everybody because we're all in this thing. We're all part of the body. We all have faith. He said, I thank uh, my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. One little church impacting the world. Wherever he went, he could tell people there's a church in Rome where people are doing great things for the Lord. And so uh, today, our lesson is this, consistent in our faith, consistent in our faith. Let's pray together for the preaching and teaching of the Word today. Lord, we love you and thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for what you're doing all over the world. Lord, we've seen it happening everywhere. We thank you for what you're doing right here in Athens and Winterville in our church. And I pray, Lord, that you'll help us today to hear what the Spirit would say. And keep us consistent in our faith. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord one more hand clap of praise before you're seated this morning. Consistent in our faith. There's, uh, there's something to be said for consistency. And uh, we don't, you know... Sometimes we, it's the little things we think that don't matter, but it's the little things that can often make a big impact. You know, if, if there's a place where water is dripping, well, one drop of water, you can just wipe it away with your hand. It's gone. It didn't, it's not much. Water, I mean, you can just blot it. It's gone. It's dry. It disappears. It seems like it's gone forever. But if that drop of water... It's followed by another drop and then another drop, and nothing interrupts that, and it is a consistent dropping. Whatever it is dropping on, it will begin to wear away. It'll, if it's a stone, it'll make a, 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 an indenture into the stone. If it's the earth, it'll begin to make a hole in the ground. If it's uh, your floor, it'll begin to rot your floor. <laughs> it's a, you know, it, it's, but it was just a drop of water, but consistent over time. It makes an impact on whatever it touches. And it's the same way with us in our faith with the Lord. Uh, inconsistency is it's a death sentence for your testimony. Inconsistency is a death sentence for your walk. It's, if you, inconsistency won't get you where you're trying to go. You, you, know, you can't say, well, I'm, I'm, I've got a destination, and, I, and you start out that way, but then you say, well... I'm just going to do this today, and you, you go here. And then, you know, I'm going to do this tomorrow, and I'm going to go here. And, and, and Hey, I thought you were going there. Yeah, but I've I seen all these other things I wanted to get into. And so if you're inconsistent in your direction, in your walk, uh, you're not going to get where you're wanting to go. And when we are inconsistent in our faith, we're not showing anybody really what Jesus can actually do. We need to live like he made a change in our life. Yeah. You know, and, and the, uh, so that consistency uh, is imperative for us. And Paul said, I thank, 
I thank God for consistent people is what he was telling the church at Rome. He said, I'm so thankful that uh, you have just kept on in this new faith that you found in this gospel of Jesus Christ that is the power of God unto salvation. You, you've believed it, you've received it, and now you're walking in it. And, and because of that, your faith is spoken of throughout the entire world. And while we think, well, they had a great church leader, you know, Paul was a great church leader and he was a great man of faith and, and wow, what a time it was then. But we have that same opportunity today. Acts 1 and 8 talks about the whole world as well, but it's talking about us. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon us. He said, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And then he begins to describe what it's for. So I'm going to describe a few things that it's not for. It's not just for chill bumps and, 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 and feeling all excited. It's not just for speaking in tongues. It's not just for running the aisles. It's not just for uh, making a show or rolling in the floor or jumping a show. It, all those things may happen. It's, 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 it's for a lot of things just to lead us into all truth it's a comforter we know all the things that Jesus said it would be but he said there's power coming with it and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem that's where it was poured out initially so right here where you are it starts here but then we're going to move on we're going to go into Judea and then into Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth it's amazing to think today that what's going on or what could happen right here in Winterville, Georgia could be testified about in South Africa or Ethiopia or in Russia or Ukraine or because we get it the other way all the time. We have missionaries all the time talking about the church over here, hundreds of thousands are flocking into these stadiums and they're being filled with the Holy Ghost and miracles and signs and wonders happening. We're all excited like, wow, it's happening all over there and we get excited here, but it's time for it to start happening here. But it's going to take consistency because God's not hit or miss. He's not, you know, we schedule our services this day, that day, but God's ready on any day. It's simply tradition to have our services on Sunday, but what if we decided we'd rather have church on Monday? You know, a lot of people will be like, that's just not the Lord. That's just not, that's not, that's not, uh, you won't get nothing on Mondays because that's just not. Why? Because God can't move on Mondays? You know, uh, we, 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 we're the ones who schedule our services and then we schedule God into them. But we could have church every day of the week for the rest of our lives, and God could show up, because you ain't going to wear him out. If, we, if there's any danger of being worn out, it's us. And, and then when you get wore out, it's when you get inconsistent. But we want to be consistent because our faith uh, has power, and we have power here to impact there. You hear what I'm saying? Well, sure, this is our field of labor, so to speak. This is where we are. This is our home. But uh, things can be, begin to happen and grow and move so mightily here that it catches the attention. And the, with the internet and media and social media and things like that now, uh, just one, one little spark. The Bible says, you know, just a little spark can start a big fire. 
And people can say, hey, didn't it happen when, all, when Asbury started having their revival? All across the country and around the world, look what's happening over there on that campus. And, and, and prayer meetings started popping up here and there. And, and people said, well, if it can happen there, it can happen here. And, and so and even us, we were like, hey. And so we, we've got services scheduled next month at the chapel on UGA. We've got three days of services scheduled. We're going to see the Holy Ghost move on our campus and God's going to pour out and do some great things. And we, we believe it can happen. But, you know, what if this had not happened in Asbury? Well, we'd still be trying to work, but this lit a fire under us. You know, it got us like, Hey, Hey, if it can happen there, it can happen here. And so, uh, so if it can happen here, it can happen there. I would love for someone to say, not for notoriety, not that they would know, just know us by name, but just to know that, Hey, it doesn't matter. Look, Winterville's not a big place. Winterville's tiny. You know, we got one red light right here in Winterville. It's, we got this, you know, there ain't nothing really big and happening in Winterville except this to me. But uh, there's places that are small and rural and, and, and there are churches with maybe just a small congregation. But, but wouldn't it be exciting for them to know that, hey, just have you ever even heard of Winterville? Well, no, exactly. But look what God's doing in Winterville. Look what's happening. And, uh, you know, we got a little airport in Winterville. What if people start flying in? Said, hey, let's. Let's start flying into Winterville and see what ha- see what's happening down there in, in Clark County, Georgia. It'd be exciting, but that's it. Our, our, you know, we've got this this faith that God has given us, but we need to be consistent in our faith. I'll say it again: inconsistency is is just a death sentence for your testimony, because people. You know, well, we do that with everybody else. Anything else we do in our life, if if your mechanic fixes your car good one day, the next time he tears it up, well, you're going to stop going to him. He's inconsistent. Restaurants that, well, they're good one day, they're not good this day. I stop going because I don't like to pay. I don't want to be rolling the dice. Am I going to get the good food today or the bad food? I want to go somewhere where I know I'm going to get the best deal, where they're consistently good. I don't want to, well, I had it one time, and it was good. What about the other 30 times? No, it was bad those times. Well, then why did you keep going? You know, just kept hoping that number one would roll back around. But I, I don't want inconsistency. I want consistency. I believe God wants consistency in us. The Bible tells us to be steadfast and unmovable. He wants consistency. He wants us to endure hardness. He wants us to be consistent. He wants us to follow him. He wants us to be consistent in our faith. And that, um, uh, you know, walking with God, that's what it's about. It's about your faith. You know, there's so many things that you can, yeah, I know subtopics that we can talk about walking with God. Uh, that, well, it's about prayer life. It's about praise and it's about witness and all this. But, it's, but without, without faith, none of that's anything. We need to have faith in God. So our walk with God is about faith. But people have let their faith become so passive in this day that you know, faith is this real easy, light thing that God just lays on us. But faith isn't always easy. That's why you have scriptures like uh, Paul wrote to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. Peter said it's the trial of your faith is more precious than gold that perishes. And, and at the end of Paul's life, he said, I have fought a good fight, but I kept the faith. I had to keep the faith because something was always trying to take it from me. Something was always, someone was trying to quench it, put it out. I had to 
keep my faith so I could stay consistent in this preaching of the gospel and walking with God. And, and so I've said this before, but faith can be spelled like this, R-I-S-K, risk. Faith is a risk because faith will lead you to step out onto water. Yeah, faith will lead you, ask Abraham, it'll lead you up a mountain of sacrifice where you're going to have to lay down the thing you love the most. You know, faith will lead you into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. It'll cause you to wind up in a den of lions. Hello. Faith will lead you into desert places where you'll wonder, where am I going to get a meal? Uh, faith uh, will lead you places that uh, you wouldn't normally go on your own. And walking with God is a faith walk. There's many moments in this walk where we don't know the full impact of what we're doing. Do you always know what you're doing when you're following the Lord? Oh, one time the Lord asked them, hey, what are you going to do? And it says, in, up under it said, because the Lord already knew what he was going to do. He said, I know what I'm going to do. He said, I'm going to see what you're going to do. Oftentimes they would, uh, he would make a statement and they would be like, what's that mean? Does that mean we don't, uh, he's upset because we didn't bring bread? What is that? You know, he's just, they're trying to figure out. They don't realize what it is. Like, it's like a ripple effect. It's like if, if you throw a rock into the, into the water, you see the ripples going and going and going and, and uh, it, until it maybe hits something in the water and moves that. It's a, a ripple effect. And, and we don't even realize sometimes the first splash that we make with God, what it's going to do. We don't know sometimes when we uh, stand up for the Lord and, and take a stand for righteousness or, or, or witness to somebody you, you, and you, you win some soul to the Lord. You, you have no idea what's going to happen after that. Well, I wonder why God sent me by that way. And then you run into somebody and you're just talking to them about the Lord. And hey, I've been looking for something like that. And you realize God had a plan all along. But when I am not consistent in my faith, I miss those opportunities. I don't realize uh, the things that could be done. And, and we don't realize that. You think about, we hear about some of these preachers and they, and they preach these great revivals there all the time. They're nonstop. Well, they were impacted by most likely by one individual who took the time to witness to them, pray with them, pray them through, teach them Bible studies, invest in them. They had no idea that one day they would just go. You know, Peter had no idea when he heard the words, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, that he would stand up on the day of Pentecost and preach the message that would launch the church and, and change the world. Had, you know, I'm just walking with him. I, ain't nothing happening yet. We're just walking. But you don't even realize uh, that with every step of walking, you're getting closer to something. And so when you start walking by faith, you're just getting closer to something. Faith is the, the evidence of things unseen. You know, we walk by faith, not by sight. It doesn't mean we're blind. We just don't see yet what God's doing. People say, well, faith is blind. Who said that? He just said we walk by faith, not by sight. He didn't say you couldn't see. You just don't see yet what God's doing. And so I don't always see what God is doing. So I'm walking by faith, believing I'll get there. And so I don't uh, believe because I've seen, but because I have believed, I have seen a lot. I have seen a lot. The, the Lord told Abraham 
when he was blessing him with promise, he said, now stand up here on this mountain. He said, I want you to start looking. He said, you see all the things out through there? He said, everywhere you can see, I'm giving it to you. And that's a lot because when you're up on the mountain and you're looking at you, you can see a long way. You can see for miles and miles and miles, but you, you can't see the whole world. You can see as far as your eyes will let you see. But then he told Abraham, he said, there's something greater than seeing and it's walking. He said, now get down and walk through it. Do you know you can walk farther than you can see? <laughs> yeah, you can. You, on a straight, flat plane, you can see. I don't know. I, I'm not a, uh, a scientist. I don't know uh, exactly how far the human eye can see, but 2020 vision is pretty good. I know I can see a pretty long way. If I'm looking for a deer in the woods, I can see pretty good. Anything moves, there he is. Yeah, but you know, uh, but if you know, but if it's my socks laying in the floor, somehow I miss those. It's just, you know, my wife, I, she's not here. She would amen. But, um, but, but you can walk so much farther than you see. And he told everybody, he said, you can see all the things. And there's a lot of things we see that God's got for us. But he said, but I don't want you just standing here looking. He said, start walking. And he said, and walk past what you can see, and it's yours. Everywhere you walk, I'm going to give it to you. And you know what that meant for Abraham? He didn't realize yet what God was saying, but he had already told him. He said, you're going to be a father of many nations. You're gonna, your seed's going to be like the, the stars in the sky, the sand on the sea. You're, you're, and Paul even wrote in one place, that Abraham is the father of us all. And so do uh, you think Abraham saw me or you? No, he didn't see us, but that walk... It took him places. He, he was consistently doing what God wanted him to do, walking where he needed to walk, doing what he needed to do. And so uh, the thing is, is, is that teaches me this, is that I don't walk with God just for myself. It's not just about me. It's about others. The Lord, we think, well, the Lord saved me. Oh, he, you know, he, he's a personal Savior, all the things that we, you know, and I know we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. I, I get all that, but, but God did not save you for just you. The Lord said, I need uh, a body. I need a church. I need laborers for the harvest. I need lights shining for you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill that cannot be hid. Let your light shine before men. He, he said, I, I gave you a light so you could shine it. He said, you're the salt of the earth. I gave you salt so you could influence and affect uh, where you're at. And so uh, God didn't save us just for ourselves. Ezekiel said that the wasted places would be rebuilt so that all those that walked by would see what God could do. And so when God rebuilds your life, he didn't rebuild it just for you. Yeah, you're going to reap the immediate benefits of it. But other people are going to see, look what God did for them. And that's why our consistency in our faith and in our walk is so important. Because somebody is waiting to hear your testimony. Somebody is waiting to see what God can actually do in a life that's been broken and busted and tore down and ripped up and desolated. They're, they want to see uh, restoration and resurrection and revival in people. They want to see deliverance and salvation and healing in people so that they can know that it's true. He did it for all of us. You, do you know all around the world today, men are standing in pulpits and women are standing in 
pulpits and people are in classrooms and places and or either on street corners somewhere preaching, but they're preaching about somebody from the Bible. Their story is being used to reach somebody. In Matthew 26 and 13, there was a, a woman with an alabaster box that came to anoint the Lord. And it said, this is what Jesus had to say about her. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel is preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman has done be told for a memorial of her. That one single act, how many, there's no way to number how many messages have been preached about this one woman. There's no way to count. Uh, we're that whole world. Every time we bring her up, it's a memorial to what she did. And, and so God uh, put that. They, they didn't have to put that story in there. It never had to be mentioned. But it was so that we could be encouraged, so that our faith could be strengthened, so that we can see that even though, you know, the Scripture says she was a sinner woman and, and things like that, it described her as what she was doing and and, and so many messages have been preached about that to encourage people to let them know you can approach the Lord and, and, and uh, your faith can make you whole and God can change what's going on. It was a, a memorial for her. And your story, you, know, you, you think, well, I'm not in the Bible. That's just because the Bible's not being written anymore. If the Bible was still being written, people we know personally would be in there. Because we know people that God has done great things for. We're not a lesser people because we're not in the pages of this print. We've got the same spirit of God. We serve the same God. Got the same spirit of God that every one of these people have or had. And so it's just that we don't need to write any more pages. But our story is being recorded in glory. God knows every word we say. He knows every act that we do. He knows the thoughts and intents of the heart, and, and he sees what we're doing. And our story is a memorial of what God can do as a testimony that we have. And, and so when we, we think about people in the Scripture, the woman with the issue of blood, how many messages have been preached about this woman pressing through the crowd to touch the hem of his garment? And, and, and we were encouraged that I can do it too. Or the, the man, Bartimaeus, who was born blind, but he would cry out and, and the Lord would stop and heal him. And we realized if I would cry out to God in faith, God would answer my prayers. And Zacchaeus in a tree, uh, Mary, Elizabeth, John the Baptist, the Stephen, uh, all these names that we read about in Scripture, that, that these acts that went on in their life, and it encourages us. But don't you know that just as many great things are happening in mine and yours life? Why are we so willing to open the pages of this book and talk about something that happened thousands of years ago but, but can't tell somebody about what happened to us last week? Not testifying, saying, God delivered me last week. God came through for me last week. God made a way last week. You never know what God is doing for you. And, and man, these testimonies are what encourage people. So all these messages, they, I, I can promise you, that probably every name I just named is being preached somewhere. Probably just here in Georgia. It's being referenced and preached in a Sunday school class or somewhere. These people, because of their consistency and their walk and their faith with God. Listen, their, their lives, their stories, their sacrifices, they mattered. 
They mattered. And what we do matters. When Jesus was about to leave, the disciples were upset. Naturally, they didn't want him to go, but he had to go. He said, if I don't go, the comforter cannot come. And, I, and he's got to come because uh, you can do the greater things that I want you to do. But he prayed before he left and he, in John 17 and 20. He said, I'm not just praying for my disciples that are right here. He said, but for them, I'm also praying for those also which shall believe on me through their word, through the things that they say. Now, not just them, but then once it comes to us, now he's praying for all the ones that will believe on the others that we are preaching to. He, he, I'm praying that everyone that hears this gospel, no matter where the vessel is or who the vessel is, that they will believe on me through their word. And when you start telling people, sometimes you say, well, I don't know a whole lot of scripture. Well, a lot of times... Uh, when you read the preaching that they did in, in here, you'd never say, hey, everybody sit down, get your scroll out, and turn to, and, and roll it down to Isaiah something. You know, they wouldn't even take a text. They just started telling them what happened, what went on. What do you think that, when that, that eunuch got back to, uh, to, to Ethiopia, what do you think he was telling people? I was heading across the desert in a chariot, and this cat come running up and jumped in the chariot with me, started telling me about Jesus. And the next thing I know, I've been baptized, and that guy was gone. He disappeared. I don't know where the Spirit took him, but I, I was shouting and rejoicing all the way back here and started telling How many people were converted after he got back from that story? The woman that was at the well, the Lord told her everything she had ever done. She ran home, left her water pot, ran home. Hey, come meet a man that told me anything I've, uh, that I've ever done. This has got to be the Christ. And, uh, and the men and women, people, they came. They listened to the Lord. And some of them said, you know, some of them believed because of what she said. But it drew all of them. Some of them came. Let's see what she's talking about. I don't know if I believe it or not. But then they turned around and said, now we believe. Not just because of what you said, because we've heard it ourselves. But you would have never got there. If I hadn't have come telling you about it. And so maybe they won't just grab the whole thing. They may not just buy everything you're, you're selling right away. But friend, it'll, it'll uh, get them curious and, and, and get them to where a place where they can come and see for themselves. But if nobody stays consistent, we're losing a harvest uh, in inconsistency. And we're hurting our walk with our inconsistencies, we've got to stay consistent. There's power in consistency. Your story, your walk, it matters. It is meant to touch lives, to be a witness, to be salt of the earth, light of the world. I don't care if you're a spotlight or a candle, it makes a difference. If you're in a, in a dark, pitch black, dark room, it don't matter. You just want some kind of light, something. It makes a difference. It brings comfort. It makes you feel more secure. It's needed. People need the light. They need your story. They need your walk with God to be consistent. They need to see. We must keep on keeping on. It's making a difference. Listen, the day that you take off just might be the day someone needed what you've got. 
He said, well, that's, uh, you're try, that's like you're trying to blackmail me into being consistent. I'm just telling you the fact. Well, let's just say maybe the day you take office, the day he comes back. So, you know, it's bad either way. You know, so if, if, if you're not being consistent uh, so others can see what God can do, you better be consistent because he's coming back one day and you don't know when. So consistency matters. We were given a testimony. The Bible says we are overcomers by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. There was a great price paid to give you your testimony. And now walk in it and be consistent in it. Faith has always been the difference maker. When you have faith, uh, my favorite guy, I've preached about him so much lately, Noah. I love Noah. He, Hebrews 11 and 7 says this, by faith. Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet. He'd never seen a flood, never seen rain, didn't know anything about these things. Never seen an ark, but he moved with fear. Not just terrified and shaking in his boots, but a reverence uh, toward God, believed his word. So he moved with fear, he prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Now, Noah's story, though, is, is more than just that one verse. You think about that. Was, if you get to heaven and ask Noah, hey, was it worth it? Was it worth it, Noah? Was it the, the many years of long days, hard work, cutting down trees, uh, being, and the whole time being mocked by everybody around you, nobody else joining in. How many times did Noah look up in those 55 to 75 years that he was building the ark and say, could you just give me one drop so I would know that this is, and God's like, nope, my word is sufficient. And, and so, so but, but you know what, it doesn't say Noah ever asked for that, and I don't know that he did. But I wonder how many times Noah laid on his bed at night with tears streaming down his face wondering, Oh, can I go another day? Can I do it? Nobody else is joining in. And, and at the end, there were only eight souls saved by that water. But I guarantee you, when he heard that water splashing up against that closed door, he thought it was worth it to stay consistent, to keep doing everything God told me to do, to, to, to have that testimony that I did all that the Lord commanded. I guarantee you, it was like consistency pays off. Just keep doing. Though you've never seen what God's talking about yet, you will if you will just keep walking. So there's, there's things that we want to do to help us stay consistent. And, and here's a few little points. Number one, you need to understand the power of doing the right thing over a long period of time. We don't get weary in well-doing. We, we do what's right because it's right. Not, not simply for reward, not for notoriety, but we do the right thing because it's the right thing. You are consistent in your walk with God. We need to believe that placing God's kingdom first, you reap the reward later. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and then these things are added to you. Too many times people are like, well, Lord, I want a prepayment. Give me a down payment on something, but, but God don't work like that. Seek first the kingdom of God, and then you will reap, you will reap the reward later. And, and then this is a hard one. Refuse to place a time limit on your prayers. Quit trying to fill the calendar in. 
There's no calendar that you keep with God except every day. It might be today. It might be today. Watch, for you know not the day or the hour. And you don't know, just like we don't know the day or hour of his return, you don't know the day or hour that God will drop down and answer your prayer. So you refuse to place a time limit on your prayers. Uh, Continue to pray when it seems that your prayers are bearing no fruit. Whoever said that your prayers were going to be like rubbing a lamp? It ain't going to happen. It doesn't happen. This is not the magic lamp. He's not the genie in the bottle. We pray continually. We continue to pray even when it seems like nothing's happening because we have to believe that the things we say we're going to have. What did we at Monday night prayer last week? The psalmist wrote, I love the Lord because he has heard my voice. We know that we have the petitions we ask of him. So don't stop praying. God is faithful. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. God is listening to what you say. Just because he doesn't answer right away doesn't mean he's not taking your request seriously. But he knows there's a time and a place for all of it. A time. He, had to, he had to give Noah time to finish the ark before he could bring the flood. He knew that it would take multiple years for that to happen. He just needed Noah to know that I'm faithful, and, and Noah, you've got to just keep working. And, and it paid off for Noah. It'll pay off for us as well to stay consistent in our walk with him. In Hebrews 11 and 32, the writer here says, And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson, and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. He starts listing these people of faith. He said, through their faith, they subdued kingdoms. They wrought righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouth of lions. They quenched violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. And out of weakness, they were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, but uh, that they might obtain a better resurrection others had trials of cruel mocking scourgings moreover of bonds and imprisonment they were stoned they were sawn asunder they were tempted slain with the sword wandered in sheepskins goatskins being destitute afflicted tormented and said of whom the world was not worthy they wandered in deserts mountains dens caves of the earth and then in chapter 12 it says wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Oh, a great cloud of witnesses. People that were consistent in their faith. And, and now we have their testimonies of what they endured and what they did. So since we have these witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which would easily beset us. And now let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consistency, consistent in their walk, consistent in faith. And guess what? These men that we read about, that he listed, Barak, Gideon, Samson, David, these people that he's testifying about, they had failures. They made mistakes. They had faults in their life. 
but that didn't mean that they quit God. They didn't lose their faith. The Lord told Peter, said, Satan has desired to have you so he could sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith fail not. He said, I'm not praying that your feelings don't get hurt. I'm not praying that, you, that you're not ashamed over what's about to happen. But I'm praying that you won't lose your faith. Sometimes we need the correction. We need to be humbled. We need to get in a place where, where we realize i got to have God. But I don't want to ever lose my faith. Whatever tragedy ever were to befall me in this life, I never want to lose my faith in God. And friend, how many people can, can, you know, we can point fingers at Peter or we can say, yeah, but he kept going. You can point fingers at David, but he can say, yeah, but he got up, repented, and kept going. And friend, a lot of people, uh, they, they would rather you just die. Oh, you made a mistake. Check out. You're out of the club. It ain't a club. It ain't a club. You didn't lose the, the spirit that adopted you just because you made a mistake. Your adoption is not null and void because you made a mistake. We receive the spirit of adoption. We become his. And we may have to be corrected. As a father corrects a child, God will correct us. But I'd rather him correct me than me lose my faith. I want to stay consistent in my walk with God. We are surrounded by the stories of consistent and faithful people. We Here lately, I've, I've just had opportunity to talk with people about not just the Bible, but about people who inspired me in these years that I've been serving God and tell stories about great miracles and signs and wonders that we have seen and, and uh, just people that are con were consistent. I always knew you could count on them. They're going to be there. They're gonna, they, they might have hard days or bad days, but they were going to still be found serving the Lord. They were looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of their faith, and, and it was worth everything they went through. It was worth it. And if you were to ask Jesus, hey, was it worth it? Yeah, it was. For the joy? Yeah, it was worth it. It was worth it to see people saved and delivered. It was worth the suffering I went through. I, I could have stopped it. I could have done it. But instead, I just stayed consistent and followed the plan that the Lord had. So be consistent. Keep doing what you're doing. No matter how, remember, no matter, maybe it seems like, it, well, it's just like a little drop of water. It's just that little frail thing. But that constant drip, it'll start wearing things out. Hey, if, if dripping water didn't matter, you wouldn't care if your roof was leaking. But, man, you can't, you, I'm going to fix it. Why? Because it'll ruin it. It'll make the, it'll, the ceiling will fall out. Exactly. Oh, it's just a drop of water. Yeah, but if it keeps dripping, you know, sometimes you remember, I just need to be consistent. Just, I just need to be dropping some faith every day. Dropping some faith every day. Praying every day. Whether I feel like it, I'm praying, reading, just walking. Maybe I'm reading through tears. or I'm wiping tears while I'm praying, whatever. My heart's broke while I'm studying, but that's all right. Just keep doing what God called you to do. Walking with God means remaining faithful to your calling. And it, also, it means you've got to be faithful even when you are unsure of what the results may be. Joseph interpreted dreams while his were unfulfilled. He had no idea. You don't stop doing while you're waiting. You keep on doing. Even remain faithful when disaster strikes. Hello, Job. We've been talking about him a lot lately. 
And I know I'm, I'm running short, darling, if you want to come on up to the, the music. We don't always know. Sometimes the Lord lets us in on things. Uh, I don't know if you guys, uh, there's just been a great inspirational story that happened this week that I, uh, to a friend of ours, um, Brother Jason Jones that goes to Atlanta West. Him and his wife are two of the, the greatest people you'll ever meet. Just kind, faithful, have always been the same for the years that I've known them. I guess just about since I've been in church. I know my wife's known them longer than that. But I had no idea that uh, Brother Jason was suffering, suffering with a kidney disease. And he had been on dialysis. And I, I just had no idea anything about it. But this week, he had a kidney transplant. And not just doing kind of good, doing marvelous now, the way the kidney transplant came out, he wasn't on a list. A few years prior, they meet a guy. He moves to Georgia. They bring him and his wife into their home. The guy lives with them and staying with them. And they're helping them and encouraging them and being there for them. And the guy, uh, he, he's been a pastor and an evangelist. He's done different things. And they just uh, love him, accept him, work with him. They're becoming friends, all these things. And then Jason gets sick with this, and they don't want to test the kids because he's got two sons, but they don't want to test them because they may have the same gene for the sickness, and if it hit them, they didn't want them to only have one kidney. So, you know, all kind of things going on, and this guy said, the Lord let me know I'm going to be a perfect match for that kidney. So they took him in and tested him, and guess what? Perfect match. Perfect match. God sent this man his way. I'll tell you, you don't always see the effect of showing love to people and bringing them in. He didn't do it so, hey, I'm gonna, I need you because I, I know you're a perfect match for my kidney. I'm going to need one day. He has no idea, but now here's a guy that they've done all this for. He comes in, gives his kidney. They both do exceptional. Immediately, immediately they said, when they took him off of the dialysis and all that, said, the kidney was working perfectly. He said all of his numbers started coming back up. It was working just like the, the other guy that donated. He's doing well. He's getting out, I think, tomorrow, and, and Jason's getting out in a couple of days. They're both doing exceptional. But when you're consistent, God will just bring things into your life like that. And you think, man, how wild that is that, that they got in contact and moved the guy in, and he lived there for years, and never knowing that one day you'll need him because he's a perfect match to save your life. So we don't always know what's transpiring in that spirit realm and in God. His ways are higher than our ways. And only eternity will tell the impact, really, of what we've done here. But those times spent in prayer are doing more than you know. You hear what I'm saying. Your service to the, the church, to the kingdom, it is not measured in dollars and cents. It is your consistency that makes a difference in the kingdom. Teaching, preaching, singing, praying, showing up, shaking hands, patting people on the back, welcoming them into your home, loving them, a word of faith, friendship. That might be just what keeps somebody from walking away. Let's stand together this morning. And I'll end with this. Paul wrote to the, to the church, the Corinthian church, a word of encouragement. He said, therefore, my beloved brethren, 
be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's not in vain. You know, we probably don't have the near the biggest campus ministry on campus. I, I would dare say we're probably the smallest. But it don't have to always be like that. Faith as a grain of a mustard seed can move a mountain. You think about Mount Everest. It's the tallest mountain in the world. But he said faith as a grain of a mustard seed can move those obstacles that are so large. And I believe that we can just stay steadfast, consistent. It's growing. It's making a difference. It's making an impact. And we're about to see what God's going to do with us. We're about to see what God will do when people stay consistent. So to just paraphrase what Paul said, church, just keep on keeping on. Keep doing what God's got for you to do. Amen. Let's pray together before we're dismissed. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And God, give us the strength, Lord, to endure, to stay consistent, to walk faithfully. Lord, I know that if we can just trust you, Lord, and believe you, we're going to make it all the way. We're going to make a difference, going to make an impact. Lord, don't let us miss the opportunities. Lord, because we decided to take a day off, but let us be consistent in our walk with you. We love you. We thank you for calling us into this marvelous light. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. What a great God he is. Thankful for the Lord today. He's a great God. God bless you. Let's find a place to pray before the next service. I think we have at least two to baptize today, so we're looking forward to that. It's going to be a great time. God bless you.